Ion 2020 episode 272. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. I am going to tell y'all what, it is really starting to frustrate me the way that the media is being completely irresponsible with the way that they use the numbers, the way that they position every single story with this whole coronavirus thing, it's absolutely driving me nuts because there is no questioning, there is no um, objective journalism going on right now with the coronavirus reporting. There's numbers out there that are just there to fear monger. There's numbers that they're using that are just there to freak everybody out, scare the crap out of everybody, and get them on board with whatever the government, whatever your city states and local municipalities and the nation, whatever they want, they can do because everyone's freaked out. And if you speak out and say anything that is rational or has any sort of object objectivity to it, you're looked at as a freak and a crazy person and somebody that just wants to spread the virus around and just wants to kill everybody. And it's not freaking true. It's not true at all. And it's absolutely driving me crazy the way that this entire thing is being portrayed on the media. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but it's just, I don't know if you can hear to my voice, but it's pissing me off the way that's being portrayed because yes, the coronavirus kills more people than the flu. Yes, it spreads faster than the flu, but it's, there's not a 3% death rate or a 10% death rate, or we're not on the verge of being like Italy in America where they have a 10% death rate over there. We're nowhere near that in America right now. And then across the world, they're nowhere near that as well. If you get into the numbers, if you look at it in an objective way, if you look at it in a rational way, you'd be able to see that. It's there. The, the, the numbers are there. But they're being exploited by the media to fearmonger everybody. And they're looked at as the ones that are being objective. They're looked at the ones that are being rational. If anybody says anything through Facebook, Twitter, or whatever that questions the exact narrative of what's going on, Everyone laughs at them. Everyone self-censors themselves so they don't speak out against it because they don't want their Facebook friends to be thinking that they're crazy and thinking that there's some sort of, uh, you know, looking at things from a, like a, like a, you know, with a tinfoil hat on or something. Some conspiracy theorist. They don't want to be looked at like that. And this is the worst situation you could possibly be in as somebody that loves freedom and loves liberty, somebody that doesn't want state control over everything, this is the worst situation we would be in because everybody looks at you like you're some sort of conspiracy theorist if you say something that is rational. Hey guys, welcome to Ion 2020. This is your pissed off host today because all I've been sitting there listening to all weekend, 
and for the last two or three weeks is fear-mongering and everyone's on board with it. Everyone's on board with it. I wake up in the morning and somebody posts on Facebook, holy crap, 40% increase in cases today. 40% increase in cases, this is crazy. It's because they did like 300% more tests the day before, guys. That's all it is. They're expecting the number of cases to go up over the next several weeks because they're doing more testing than they were a few weeks ago. But let's get into the numbers really fast, okay? Who are they testing? That's the first thing. Who are they testing? That's what you need to look at. My daughter had a fever about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And we went to the doctor. We called the doctor. They said, yeah, come on in. She did a test. They gave her a flu test. She had flu B. So they sent her home, got her some Tamiflu, and told her to go. Told us to take her home and to just keep her, you know, inside and away from other people, and go through the rounds, and she'll get better. But they would not have tested her for coronavirus, not even if they could, because there's not the there, there's no need to. They will. There's no specific way to treat somebody for the coronavirus that's a low risk patient. They're not going to change the course of treatment if she had the coronavirus or she had the flu. They would not do that. Yes, for the flu, they do test people for it because they have Tamiflu and other types of antivirals that they can give you. So they'll test for it and then prescribe the antiviral to you. But if you look at the CDC's website, they are only testing people that are in high-risk categories or people that have been in direct contact for more than a few minutes, maybe even been coughed on by somebody who has the coronavirus and has been confirmed to have the coronavirus. So if you're looking at the numbers, they're skewed on how many people actually have the coronavirus. That's a fact. I was talking to one person through Facebook yesterday, and they said, I said, there's like a 0.4% death rate from the coronavirus. So yes, it's worse than the flu. The, the flu is a 0.1 to 0.2, depending upon how bad the season is. So there's about a four times, maybe double the amount of people that die from the flu or die from the coronavirus than die from the flu. And those numbers aren't even exact right now anyway. And the reason why is because they don't have enough data, but it's being presented as if you take the 340,000 people worldwide that have had the coronavirus actually actually tested positive for the coronavirus, 340,000 people worldwide, and then you take the death rate of 14,000 worldwide and you get a 3% death rate, and they're saying that that is the death rate of the coronavirus, which it's not. And this person looks at me, or this person says there's a 3% death rate. And I said, are you one that believes that every single person that has had the coronavirus has been tested? No response whatsoever. But this is the way it is in America. This is the way it is in China. If you look at some articles from the middle of February, early February in China, they were testing people for the coronavirus with all, this is the way they would test them with a, for the coronavirus. They would do the swabs and stuff like that. But since they were out of swabs and since they didn't have enough testing capacity, they would give people a x-ray of their chest. And if that chest x-ray showed legions, then they would, they would say they'd have coronavirus. But if somebody came in that was not critical, that was not 
having hard time breathing. They did not test that person for coronavirus because they did not have the capacity to test that person. So, if you're not over 70, they were not testing you. If you were not somebody that had pre-existing conditions or already had pneumonia or already had some sort of lung ailment, then you were not tested. So this is going on in China. They're not testing people. They're telling those people to go home, stay in your house, stay away from people, and then see if you get better. And if you get worse, then come on back in and we'll look to treat you again. And that's it. That's the way that they were doing it. That's the way they did it in China. That's the way that they're doing it in America. That's the way they're doing it in every single country except for South Korea and in Germany where they have a 0.2% death rate, which is around the same amount as the flu, maybe twice the, twice the amount of deaths as the flu. They're testing people like crazy in those countries, but they're not testing them like crazy elsewhere because there's a capacity issue. I said that on Thursday. There's a capacity issue. We just don't have the capacity to treat or to test that many people. You can't test the entire world because there's manpower that's needed to test the entire world. So there's only a certain amount of people that can be tested through the, a certain amount of tests that they have and a certain amount of capacity to get those tests through the people that actually do the testing, the scientists that are doing the testing. So you're not having every single person that has the flu or has the yeah has flu-like symptoms, they're not tested. They have to be in a high-risk category. So the media is hyping this thing up. The media is being irresponsible in their reporting. That's all it really comes down to, is it's a lot of hype that they're doing to scare everybody else, and then the politicians are jumping on that, and they are closing everything down, shutting everything down, telling people not just social distance, but stay home. Not just social distance, not just use more hand sanitizer and being more responsible in the way that you deal with people, which is what they should be doing, is just asking people to do that. Yeah, don't go out this this weekend to the bar. Don't go out to the club. Don't start, you know, doing your normal thing. Stay home for a little while. Protect yourself and be responsible. That's what they should be saying, but no, they're not. They're using the media hype and they're playing on that media hype. So how many people really do have the coronavirus? Way more than 350,000 people in, in the world. Way more than that. Because like I said, my daughter went and they did not test her. She had flu-like symptoms and she was not tested because she's, she's, she's not in a high-risk category. How many people call their doctor, I have, I have a fever, I have a cough. Well, how old are you? I'm 25 years old. Okay. Um, check. You're not in a high-risk category. Okay. Hey, just stay home. And it says it on the CDC website. Tell those people to stay home. That's what it says. Tell those people to stay home and have less contact with people. And if they get worse, if they start having respiratory issues and hard time breathing, specifically hard time breathing or shortness of breath, at that point, then you would call us and have, and then maybe come in. But you're not a high-risk category. If you're over 70, high-risk category. So if you're only testing people that are in the high-risk category, and there's 350 million or 350,000 of those people in the high-risk category across the entire United, entire world, I mean, if that's the only ones that they're testing, 
then are you going to have a higher death rate if you're only testing the people that are in high risk or the people that are over 70? Yes. So that's why you have a 3% death rate right now because they're only testing the people in the high risk category. Boom. That's it. Why does Italy have a 10% death rate then? Why is that? Why do they have a 10% death rate? That's that's absolutely insane, right? They're only testing the people that are in the extreme high-risk categories because they don't have the capacity to test those people that are in medium and low-risk categories. So they're only testing extreme high-risk category people. So they have way more people that are getting it. or They're testing lots and lots of people. So they have like 15 thousand maybe 17,000 people that have gotten the coronavirus and I think like 5,000 have died so why are so many people dying in Italy versus elsewhere and it's not because of their healthcare system is socialized it's not that it's the way that they classify their deaths if that person dies of pneumonia and they already had pneumonia and then they also happen to have the coronavirus well that's classified as a coronavirus death well that that would make sense. That would because that, that's a possibility, right? But you had leukemia and you died, or cancer and you died, and you also got tested for coronavirus. Yep, that's a death tallied on that coronavirus as well. They are they have a very different classification system than they do in a lot of other parts of the world. To cla- it's a very liberal classification system that allows them to classify deaths of coronavirus that otherwise probably would not have been in other countries and other places. So it's a it's a reporting error. It's a reporting issue. One third of the deaths in the world, one third of the deaths in the world are in Italy right now, guys. One third. Does that make sense at all? Unless it's a classification issue. Not at all. Not at all. They also have a much older population on average than most other countries. I think their average age is 48 or... F- I, think, I think I saw 48 or maybe 58 could be wrong about that exact number whereas in most countries it's like 37 36 so they have a much older population so that could be another reason as well and also i mean it it hit italy hard so there is a lot of people that are getting tested and they're getting tested positive that are high risk in the high risk category because a lot more people fall into that high risk category but it's a classification issue in italy is the problem and that's why it looks so much worse than it really is because of a few different factors over in Italy. Are we on the road to Italy and America? We don't have the classification issue that they have, so no. You look at the numbers, 1.5% of people with coronavirus in America die. One point f- no, no, sorry, it was 1.28%. I got the numbers exact. 1.28% of people in America that get it die. Ten, It's like 8 or 9% in Italy that get it and die. We're not on the road to Italy, guys. The, the media will hype it up and make it sound like we are. We're not. We're closer to Germany. Not Germany, sorry. We're closer to Switzerland and Denmark than we are to Italy. Germany, on the other hand, 0.4% of people die. 0.4% of people die in Italy. Or not in Italy, sorry, in Germany. And the reason why... The reason why is because they're just... The way that this... the way, Not the classification or anything like that. It's just 
they're taking care of the people, right? I just don't think that, yes, I don't think that, or I don't think that we need to hype this thing up to the way that it gets people panicked and freaked out that, oh, if I get it, it's a death sentence. If you listen to people talk, that's the way some people make it sound. Oh my God, it's a death sentence if I get the coronavirus. It's not. Most people don't have symptoms at all of the coronavirus, okay? The vast majority have zero symptoms at all when they get the coronavirus. So let's think about the numbers for a minute then. The vast majority have no symptoms at all. That's a bad thing because then you could be out there spreading it while you have it. So it does mean, and it's like up to 14 days I've heard, that you can spread it without knowing that you even have it because you're asymptomatic, right? So it does mean that politicians should encourage people to limit their exposure to other people. That's true because of the fact that of that. With the flu, it's like two to three days before you start having symptoms, sometimes five or six but most likely it's a lot shorter of a time, whereas with the coronavirus, it's 14. It could be 14 days. Now, that's not scientific because there's just not enough information. There's not enough data out there. But let's assume for a minute you have 350,000 people in the world that are severely symptomatic enough to actually get called in that they can go and get the coronavirus test. 350,000 people, right? So you could assume that 60% of people that get the coronavirus don't have symptoms. That's what they're saying. From the minor amount of research that they have, 60%. So let's just use that number, 60%. So you could assume that we have twice as many. So 350,000 people have coronavirus across the world, have been tested for it, and have come back positive. Those people that are very symptomatic, and most of those people that were tested or they were around other people that were tested, right? So that did test positive. So they also got tested as well. 350,000 people across the world though, 350,000 people. So half the people are not symptomatic whatsoever. Let's just use that number, half the people. So that means you have 700,000 people across the world that have the coronavirus then. 750,000 people across the world. But on top of that, how many people have a slight fever are symptomatic, have a slight fever, but never call their doctor. On average, I was looking up these numbers for the flu. If you have the flu, you only have about a 30% chance of calling a doctor. Because most people don't call the doctor when they have the flu. The numbers are there on the CDC website. How many doctor visits? They say there's like 50 million people that get the flu every single year. And there's only like 15 million doctor visits for the flu every year. But there's an estimate 50 or 50 million people that get the flu, 15 million actually go to the doctor for it. So you can assume that most people that have some sort of symptoms that are symptomatic don't even call the doctor. So you could say that 700,000 people that have the flu across the world, you could double that as well. Maybe even triple that. If that's the number of people that actually call the doctor when they have a fever and a cough that have some sort of flu-like symptoms, because very few people do. 50 million people get the flu every year. 
15 million doctor visits. That's it. How many people of those people that get the flu end up in the hospital? That's a, you know, that's another story as well. But I'm not downplaying the the idea of the coronavirus. I'm just saying that there are a lot more people out there than that have it than what TV shows. So let's say with my number, we have one and a half million people across the world that have the coronavirus. And you do the math, it comes to a more reasonable number, not 3%, guys. There's not a 3% death rate from the coronavirus. It's more like 0.5, More reasonable. It's more like what you see in Germany. It's more like what you see in South Korea. The countries that got ahead of it, that did a lot of testing, that tested tons and tons of people, that end up having a 0.4, death rate. And that's where we're at. That's the numbers. That's the real, true numbers for you, okay? Uh, that's what it comes down to. There might be way more people than one and a half to two million people that have the coronavirus in the first place, though. Because how many people are actually symptomatic? That's really unknown. The numbers are not there. There's no scientific data right now because it's so new. There's no long-term studies that have been done. It's so new. So let's not freak ourselves out, though, thinking that we're on a death sentence because we get the coronavirus. Yes, be responsible. Stay away from your grandma. Stay away from other people in some way. Limit your exposure to other people. Have one-on-one contacts with people don't go out to parties so that you don't become a person that spreads it around as well because it does spread more according to what data they have now, the preliminary data what data they have now, it does spread faster than the flu the flu spreads at 1.5 people or so like if you have it, you're going to spread it to 1.5 people the coronavirus, if you have it you're going to spread it to 2 to 3 people and that number is not exact as well, but they say it's around two, two to three people you'll spread it to, which is a lot. So let's just use two and a half as a, as a number to use. So it will spread pretty quickly compared to the flu. So that means in you, there's 14 days between the time you get it and the time you might have symptoms. So you might as well, if you even do have symptoms, you might never have symptoms, Okay. But the incubation period is is a lot longer, so you might not know. So it does behoove you. It does make sense for political leaders to say, hey, stay away from people. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, work from home a little bit. Things like that. Like, lead people in the right direction. It's okay for the NBA to cancel sporting events and other private organizations to, sp- to cancel large group gatherings. That's responsible for them to do. That's called corporate responsibility. You should take individual responsibility. But what we have now is you did have people taking individual responsibility before the politicians stuck their nose in this thing. You did have people taking individual responsibility before the politicians started using force and forcing you to stay home and forcing restaurants to close and forcing bars to close and forcing everybody into their house. 
You don't need the government force if you just have individual responsibility. And that's what I've been preaching for like a week now is individual responsibility on this issue. That's what it comes down to is individual responsibility. You are responsible for you. Stay away from your grandmother. Stay away from people that you know that are in high-risk categories. Limit your exposure to other people. And if you're in a high-risk category, don't go outside and start talking with people. That's their responsibility as well. And that's it. If everybody does that, you start to limit the exposure that other people have. You flatten that curve that they're talking about. And then there you go. Because you do need to flatten the curve if there's not a way for the capacity of the hospital beds to go up. The capacity of the ICU units to go up. If that capacity issue, like I talked about on Thursday, is an issue, then you do need to limit the exposure, flatten the curve, and move on, okay? But we are in just a situation right now where the government is doing everything it can to limit your freedoms, take away your freedoms, add more money to the debt, add more you know, handouts to everybody, give corporate welfare to every single company, and they're going to do it. And if you question it, you're looked at as a conspiracy theorist. There is rational data that you can use to say, hey, you know what? Yes, this thing is more, it, it kills more people than the flu, not 10 times more or 50 times more, but twice as many people as the flu. Maybe three times as many people as the flu. So it's more deadly than the flu, especially for somebody that's over 80 years old. I think I was looking at some numbers earlier, and it said that 80% of the cases in America are people that are over 70. 80% of the cases in America are people that are over 70. No, 80% of the people that have been tested in America are over 70. Look at the Diamond Princess Cruise Line. This is the this is the only example that they have of like a an entire ship, right? That was quarantined, so you know the exact numbers. 3,700 people on that ship. 700 of them ended up contracting the coronavirus. 400 of them, I'm just rounding numbers. 400 of them had no symptoms at all. Those 700 people that were that were tested and came positive. So 3,700 people were tested. 700 of them tested positive. 400 of those that tested positive had no symptoms whatsoever. 15 of those 700 ended up in critical care. The rest of them, mild symptoms. 15 ended up in critical care. 7 of them died. It's a 1% mortality rate. That's not a scientific study. The average age on that ship was 58 years old, so you're going to have more people die in that age group than you would otherwise. Of the seven people that died, all of them were over 75 years old. So what does that tell you? Yes, more people are going to die when they're older because of this. Same thing with the flu. 75% of people that die from the flu are, are, are senior citizens, are over 75. That's normal. But you have more likely to you're more likely to die with the coronavirus than the flu, so we'll go ahead and put that out there now. As the data comes in throughout the throughout the rest of the year and beyond, then you'll have different data on the coronavirus. But I think in the end you will see that this entire first part of 2020 was a blatant overreaction 
to this virus, the way that they're doing it, and the way that the governments are responding to it, as if they're the only ones that can save you from the coronavirus. You can save you from the coronavirus if you just stay at home. You can save your mom from the coronavirus by staying at home. That's all you got to do. That's it. But they're not going to tell you. They're, they're, they're going to force you to stay home. They're going to force you to close your restaurant. They're going to force you to end your livelihood. They're going to ruin the economy. <clears throat> yeah, economies aren't more important than someone's life. That's true. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, well, you know, we're not going to ruin the economies to save four or five lives. I mean, Andrew Cuomo says if we save just one life, it's worth it. I don't think that's the case because then you could go ahead and eliminate all cars for the rest of the... Eliminate, make it illegal to drive cars because people die every day. And if we're going to make laws pass to save one life, then you better stop letting people drive. You better actually stop letting people leave their house completely. You better just bring them their food, let them live in their cage, and never leave their house. There is a different... There is a balance between freedom and safety that you need to balance in some ways, right? You have the freedom to drive your car, but you try to be safe when you're doing it. Your individual responsibility. But anyway, guys, uh, Rand Paul ended up having the coronavirus. Eh, He'll probably be fine. He did have a punctured lung or something like that, so maybe that'll put him in a high risk category or something like that, but let's go ahead and say some thoughts and prayers if you pray pray for him, you know? And then, um, I just, man, I'm so pissed right now of just the way that the the uh, the press is positioning this thing, man. Just this fear mind that they're going on. So if you want some rational thoughts, if you want some rational, if you want to hear some rational thoughts on the coronavirus, come on back to Ion 2020. I'll be covering this thing for a while because obviously that's what we're going to hear about for a while. But um, I am looking at this from a rational perspective, man. I really am. And it just drives me crazy that everyone's freaked out. Thinking that if you get it, it's a death sentence. It's not. It's not. Use precautions. Absolutely. If you're sick, don't go out there and spread it around. Absolutely. But don't let the media hype this thing up to make you think that the government needs to do whatever it has to do within its power in order to, even beyond its own power, in order to, you know, stop this thing, all right? But that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, This is your host, Ray Eaton, and I am pissed at the media right now and the way this thing's being positioned. It's not not good at all. Um, But yeah, if you want to, IN2020, uh, you could go ahead and follow me on Facebook through going to IONTheEmpire. You can type that in. You'll find me on Facebook and on Twitter. You can also find it on IONTheEmpire.com. And then uh, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear from you. You can message me through Facebook. You can also do it through Twitter. And Ray at I'mTheEmpire.com is my website, or is my uh, email address, all right? So I will speak with you all on Thursday. Keep on coming back every Monday and Thursday, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.